welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. I don't know about you, but I, I kind of, in some ways, I like flat pack furniture. And, and I know, even though I know that it's usually kind of inferior quality, um, but I like the, the aspect of it that it makes it accessible for me to actually make something. <laughs> I, I am not a very skilled uh, tradesman or, or handyman or crafts kind of person. It, you know, if it was like back in the, the old days where it's like if you wanted to build something out of wood, you like you went out and you cut down a tree, um, I would have nothing. <laughs> I would literally probably have nothing if it was up to me to make stuff in that kind of way. Because like, if I had stuff, it would be wonky. Um, <laughs> and I would fall off the stool every time I sat on it. Or you know, the books would fall off, slide off the shelf and all that kind of stuff. So in that sense, flat pack furniture is, is great because it kind of makes me feel like I can build things and, and make things when all I'm really doing is just like assembling and... And that sort of thing. But, you know, it doesn't always go to plan. And sometimes isn't our life, don't we kind of just, you know, we, we feel a little bit like this sometimes, don't we? It's like we've got pieces everywhere. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's kind of like a, shall we say, a healthy debate over how it ought to come together. <laughs> there, there was it was an interesting survey. Um, I can't remember who put it out, but when I was doing some some preparation, it was like, how often does your you know when you assemble flat pack with somebody else, how often does it end in an argument? <laughs> and it was something like only 22 percent of people that said never. So like 78 percent of people, when they put a flat pack together with somebody else, it ends up in in an argument, sort of at least sometimes. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, and, and we, so we, we kind of, sometimes our life feels like, you know, there, there's stuff going on all over the place and we don't always know how it's meant to fit together. We don't always know how to make sense of all the, the pieces that we kind of see of our life. And people tell us, oh, the, the Bible is God's instruction book for life. And I absolutely agree with that. But if you've ever put together a piece of furniture from a flat pack, you know that sometimes the instructions don't always make perfect sense or we don't always necessarily understand that. Have you ever got one of those instruction books where you like you open it up and you're like nope that's not English and then you turn a few pages and you're like I'm sure there must be English in here somewhere and you get like you know 96 pages into the book before you hit the three pages that are in English. Anybody is anybody with okay sometimes it feels like when we when we pick up our Bible I don't know if you've ever had this experience maybe it's just me but sometimes you pick this up and you feel like this is a different language and sometimes you, you're reading stuff and you're going, this doesn't make sense. Flee quickly away, stay in deep caves, you who live in Hazel. What does that mean for me? <laughs> and so sometimes we kind of, it, it's not always helpful to, when people just kind of say, oh, well, you know, just go read your Bible. You know, and it's kind of like, yeah, yes, there's, there's truth in that, but sometimes it's a little bit glib when we're struggling and when we're, when we're doing that and it feels like it's not making a whole lot of sense, when it feels like we don't know how to take that 
and, and, and translate that into all the pieces and all the mess that we see going on around us. Sometimes, you know, when it says, you know, insert screw A into hole B and we've got 16 pieces and none of them are labelled A or B. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, you, you, I don't know if you've ever had one of those instruction books and you're reading it and you're kind of like, like, is there another page here or so? You feel like there's a page missing. And it's, have it, it's one of, sometimes it's just like, I, I just, yeah, some, well, yeah, sometimes we do turn it over and go, oh, look, there it is. Sometimes it's just like, obviously not referring to our, our Bibles now, of course, but sometimes the instructions that we have for life are bad. Sometimes there's just not enough information there. Sometimes they're just not well written. I don't know if you've ever had those kind of ones when you kind of go, you go from step one to step two and you're like, I see what step one's meant to look like and I see what step two's meant to look like, but I have no idea how to get from point A to point B, you know, I don't know how to get there. Sometimes you get to this point in kind of putting stuff together when you realise that you've made a mistake. And, and you, can, you can go, I'll let you go and, you know, do the internet research for yourselves, but there's a whole lot of pictures of, you know, like flat pack fails. You know, <laughs> Google flat pack fails. Uh, there's some very interesting ones <laughs> in, in there. But things don't always come together right. And sometimes we find this, I don't know if you thankfully it hasn't happened to me too many times, probably only about 30 or 40% of the times I've attempted flat pack furnish. But yeah, at some point, you, you kind of realise that you've messed up somewhere, you've put the wrong piece in or, you know, because it looked identical, it just had one extra hole in it or something or you've put it on back to front and now all the holes are facing out instead of in or, you know, something and you realise you get, you, you get that sinking feeling. Ah, I've got to take this apart <laughs> and go back to the beginning again and start again. So sometimes, and that's what I kind of just want to speak into a little bit this morning. I just want to talk to some, if, if you're feeling, you know, if some of that describes a little bit of the way that you're, you're feeling about your life or you have been feeling about your life in recent times, I, I believe that God wants to encourage you with some things out of the message this morning. So I want to, I want to encourage you, there's, some, um, uh, there, there's also times when, you know, you, you realize that you need help. Now, now, sometimes us, us men don't always like to admit that we need help, do we, Fred? We're like, ah, it's okay, I can do it, I can do it. I'm going to, you know, get a chair and lean this bit up against the chair to hold it, you know, and it's like, this would be so much easier if you'd just say, like, you know, can, can you come and hold this piece for me while I screw this in here? Doesn't it, sometimes an extra pair of hands would make life a whole lot easier, doesn't it? Some of us, though, can be can be a little bit too stubborn to admit that we can't do it on our own and I won't ask you for a show of hands or you know I'm not looking at anybody in particular um, but sometimes I'm sure that we can all work out whether we're that person or not but I want to encourage you some this morning there are some things that are really important for us to remember when our life feels like a flat pack gone wrong all right and here's here's number one you aren't finished Yes. You know, it's like it's okay to feel like there are pieces of your life and you don't know what you're supposed to do with them at this point in time because you're not finished yet. You know, nobody would, would expect, you know, you know, it's like, I mean, that, that's the other thing with flat packs, isn't it? It's like there's always that little bit, those, those few bits left over. 
<laughs> and, and sometimes I'm sure that those are extra bits that they put in there just so that you're okay in case you lose one of the screws or something, they put in an extra one. And, and sometimes maybe they're not. <laughs> sometimes it's just because we forgot to put one in here or we forgot to put that piece of wood in there or that screw in there. And, you know, but sometimes there are extra bits left over and sometimes we look at our life and we think, what are all these extra bits? I don't know what to do with them or, or you know, why, why isn't um, everything kind of staying together? You know, it's like sometimes you, you, you get that bit and you like, you hold that bit up there and you hold that bit up there, um, but there's no screws or anything to actually hold it in place and as soon as you let go, it all falls apart. But we've got to remember that we're not finished yet. In Philippians, this is one of my favourite passages of Scripture, chapter 1 verses 3 to 6 and, and Paul's writing to this the church at Philippi and he says every time I think of you I give thanks to my God wouldn't you like wouldn't you have liked Paul to have said that about you when they read that wouldn't that just be uh, like so encouraging I, I would love uh, it if that was said of me and it's like and Paul goes on he says whenever I pray I make my requests for all of you with joy For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Those of you who are in this position where you have accepted Jesus as your saviour, you've accepted his forgiveness, you've been born again and welcomed into God's family, there is a good work that has begun in you. There is something good that God has done in your life. He has, he has brought you from death to life and He has made you His son or His daughter. That is an amazing thing. But you know what Paul says? That work isn't finished yet. And most of us probably, we, we kind of instinctively, for most of us, we look at our lives and we go, surely this isn't it. <laughs> sure, surely there's got to be more. Sure, you know, we, we can look at ourselves and we go, you know, I am not finished yet. Now, and this is what, exactly what Paul is saying. When, when are we going to be finished? When Christ returns. That's it. On the day that we go and we, we meet Him face to face and, and our, our striving and our struggling is done and, you know, we, we enter into that eternal life with Jesus, then, then He will make it full and complete. But, you know, if you're here, that means that He's still working in you. <laughs> There are still pieces of the puzzle that, you know, pieces of that, you know, whatever it is that God's making out of your life that aren't in place yet. You are not fully, uh, in, in terms of, you know, in terms of our standing, in terms of our position, we are, we are made perfect, Scripture talks about. And this is one of these interesting kind of paradoxes, one of these, you know, uh, now but not yet kind of moments in Scripture where he says you're made perfect, you are a new creation, you are, you know, in right standing and, and, and made perfect and sinless and everything's been, you know, you've been justified by God. But he also says there's this work that's going on within you which is not yet finished. There's a little picture here of, uh, of a, a dad with his, his little sidekick, his helper there obviously reading the instructions and helping dad out but none of us would be foolish enough to think that we could use 
that it looks like a set of drawers. It's got some sort of runners or something on there. I'm going to say it's a set of drawers, all right? He's building a set of drawers. None of us would think that in that state that that is in at that particular moment in time that you could put clothes in there. No, but none of us would be foolish enough to try to do that and say, oh, well, you know, uh, come on, let's, let's, let's start putting the stuff in it. We, we can look at it and go, it's not finished, don't we? But here's the thing, I think, where sometimes we can get a little bit confused, all right? Sometimes we confuse unfinished with broken. Unfinished does not mean broken, does it? This, this, is, not, this is not a piece of furniture that is uh, unusable. This is not a piece of furniture that has no potential. This is not a piece of furniture that is ready to be thrown out because it's broken. And sometimes we can, we, we can when, because we're in that state where we're still being assembled and still being put together and we kind of, we look at our life and we want to be this and we feel like we're heading this direction and, and we try it and it doesn't work because we're not ready for that yet and we go, well, I must be broken, I'm a failure, I'm no good, uh, yeah, I can toss myself out on the scrap heap. And God wants to encourage you this morning and say, no, <laughs> you are not... You are not unusable. You are not without potential. You are not without use. You are just under construction. And there are things that He has in store for your future and at a point in time to come that you are not yet ready for. And He may have talked to you about some of those things. He may be calling, you may feel that call of God in your heart for certain areas of ministry or certain types of things. Uh, and, and maybe you've, you've tried some stuff or people have told you that you're no good at it and you're like, I'm a failure. God wants to encourage you this morning, saying, I'm at work in you i'm building you i'm constructing you i'm putting you together with a plan and with a purpose don't give up don't give up on that dream that i put within your heart don't give up on that desire don't throw it out on the trash heap because it's from me and it's good just because we can't do something now doesn't mean that we will never get there God wants to encourage you this morning all right number two don't give up on the instructions <laughs> you know there's there's studies that have been done and you know some of you might find this controversial but there are studies that have been done that show that when people are putting flat packs together they do it faster and with less mistakes when they read and refer to the instruction manual <laughs> I know, who would have thought? Uh, it, it shouldn't really come as a great surprise that the person that, who designed the thing should know how it ought to go together. Now, I know that some of, some of us of the male persuasion uh, probably tend to be more inclined to think, oh, I can do this um, and I don't need the instruction. I know that's a bit of a stereotype, but... Um, I, I'm an instruction reader, so, you know, I, I, that's the first thing I pull out of the box um, is the instruction manual. And it probably comes from um, my complete ineptitude when it comes to, <laughs> um, to, to building things. And so I'm like, this is the only way I'm ever going to make it. <coughs> um, but the difference was actually even more dramatic 
in, in this study, they did the difference. So they, they kind of did this study where they had uh, these people who put together this, the same thing with instructions, without instructions, and they had a, a men's group and a women's group in, in both camps, right? And they found that... So the, the, there was a, a, a difference for the, for the men. There was a difference, that, like they used less time it was like a minute less and made less, fewer errors. For the women, it was actually a more dramatic difference between those who did it with instructions and those who did it without instructions. It was something more like five minutes or something like that. Um, and, and what they were suggesting or the, the reason that they were kind of giving this, and again, it's a bit of a, a stereotype, so let's not get too caught up in it, but saying that men have, a, as a general rule, have a natural tendency to have a greater... Uh, uh, capacity for spatial awareness, being able to sort of visualise which bit needs to go where to make it look like the picture. That's sort of a, a biological... Whether Well, you can debate about what the cause of that is, but um, that's what they say. And, and so there's this interesting thing where it's kind of like in an area where you are outside of your natural strength or ability or talent, like me, when putting these things together, the instruction manual becomes even more important and has an even greater impact on what we're doing. That's kind of a good point, isn't it? Our instruction manual is God's Word. The one who designed us, the one who created us, the one who knows us best, knows how the pieces are supposed to fit together. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Most of us would we have heard this before. We, we are familiar with this scripture. It says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Isn't that what a good instruction manual is supposed to do? It's supposed to show you what you're meant to do and then show you how to fix it when you get it wrong. It says, verse 17 says, God uses it, His Word, Scripture, He's talking about God uses Scripture to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Isn't this our function uh, as Christians, as believers, as Jesus' followers, to do every good work? Ephesians talks about this saying, you know, God, God's, um, you know, God's workmanship created to do good works through Christ Jesus. There's all this kind of stuff. We're supposed to be a force for good in the world. We're supposed to be God's hands and God's feet enacting and working out, allowing God to kind of work through us and in us and, and bringing change in our communities and influencing people. Uh, this, this is kind of what the church is designed to be, isn't it? You and me together. And God says His Word is how He prepares and equips us for that. How He is instruction manual. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like there are a whole lot of things that God asks me to do that are outside of my natural areas of strength or talent or ability. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't get me off the hook of, of doing those things. It just means that I need to go back and make sure that I'm reading that instruction manual to make sure that I'm doing it right because I lack enough wisdom to do some of the things that God calls me to do. I lack the faith sometimes to do the things that God calls me to do. 
I lack the right words at times to do some of the things that God calls me to do. But God promises that He has equipped, He's given me everything that I need. He's given me His instructions. All right, that's number two. Don't give up on the instructions. Sometimes it can, it can be hard, can't it? Sometimes when it seems like they're, they're not making sense, but stick with it. Number three, keep the end product in sight. God has a design and a plan for each and every one of us. God has a design and a plan for you. Sometimes when we're in that position where everything's a mess, when we're in that position where we've got bits here and we've got bits there and the manual doesn't make sense, it's easy to lose sight and all it becomes, uh, instead of a, a, a potential set of drawers or a potential wardrobe or whatever it is that you're building, all it becomes is random bits of wood that are a problem for me, that are causing me frustration and nightmares and headaches and, uh, and, and screws and bolts and, and all kinds of things. It becomes the, the pieces. And I think it's really important for us that we don't lose sight of what we are being moulded and shaped into, what we are being built into, what the, the end result. What are we working towards? Is it worth it? Let me give you a couple of scriptures here. This is one of the things that God says to the prophet. In the Old Testament, there was a guy called Jeremiah um, who was a prophet, not a bullfrog. Uh, <laughs> but Jesus said these words to him in the very first chapter in verse 5. He says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And God is speaking here more than just, I observed things as a, you know, an impassionate, a removed, impartial observer. He says, not only did I observe you before you were born, not only did I see uh, the things that were going to happen in your life, but I put things into place. I set in motion chains of events and I called you and I anointed you and I appointed you for a purpose. And I want to encourage you and remind you that God doesn't just, you know, yes, we kind of, we talk often about how God sees us. But sometimes it can almost feel, can't it, like, you know, yeah, God might see me, but he's not really doing a whole lot. Have you ever felt like that? Seems like he's kind of this removed, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I'm, lo- I'm losing my words. He, he's distant, he's remote, he, he, he's watching and, and not involved. Impersonal kind of, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. God, God's hand is at work in your life when we see it and when we don't see it. And he is working towards a plan. And here's, here's a picture. This, this next verse is uh, from Romans chapter 8. And uh, uh, Romans eight twenty eight. let's put up here. It says, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. You heard that verse before? We know that one. Some of us, yeah, many of us could quote that, memorize it. The next one is fantastic, all right? Look at this. It says, For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become 
like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So here's the thing, like Paul is saying to the church at Rome, he's saying, guys, God causes, like he, he's at work all the time. He's making things work together for your good. And what he's doing, he's, he's chosen you and he's fashioning you and he's forming you to become more like the image of Jesus. This, this is the goal. This is the end result. This is what we're working towards is that you would reflect Jesus. So that God would have this amazing, massive, big family full of little Jesuses. I don't know if that's the right way to pluralize Jesus, but <laughs> you, you get where I'm going, right? All of these people that kind of reflect, not that we would all be, you know, like uh, Middle Eastern men with beards and, and, and sandals or, you know, any of that kind of stuff, but that we would have something about our character, about our nature um, that reflects who God is. That, that part of us that is created in the image of God, that love, that compassion, that gentleness, that authority, that power, that chain-breaking power that we've been singing about this morning, you are supposed to reflect that. That's supposed to be evident in your life. We're supposed to reflect who Jesus is. And this is, this is the goal for us. This is what God is doing in your life. Each day, day by day by day, we're, we're, you know, baby steps sometimes, little steps, but we're, we're moving towards reflecting Jesus. <clears throat> Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, it urges us to hold on to our faith when, it's, when we're going through times of, of testing and trial. And we'll just look at a couple of quick scriptures here in Hebrews. He says, when, you, when, when we don't know how the pieces of our life fit together to remind ourselves of where we're going. Uh, Hebrews 10, 23 and 24 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. And, and Hebrews, the, the writer of Hebrews has been talking about this kind of holding tight to our faith, not allowing ourselves to forget what God is doing. But it goes even further and kind of encourages us not just to do that for ourselves, but to look for opportunities to help each other with that. In verse 24, he says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. When you kind of put that, sometimes we kind of take that sort of out of its context of what <laughs> Hebrews is talking about in, in chapter 10. And we kind of go, oh, well, you know, let's just encourage each other to do good stuff. And it's like, well, yes, but it's also about encouraging each other to, to, to hang on to our faith, to continue to persevere through difficult times, that it isn't just us that we need to encourage, but one another. And, and as we do that, like, if we all did that, then we, instead of having one person encouraging us, we would all have 30 or 40 or 50 people encouraging us doesn't that sound like a better deal yeah it does doesn't it <laughs> he goes on in verse 35 says so do not throw away this confident trust in the lord remember the great reward it brings you patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do god's will then you will receive all that he has promised 
But how do we receive? We receive by faith. Hebrews, uh, in the next chapter of Hebrews, uh, you, you may have read this, he starts going through the list of all the Old Testament, the heroes of the faith. He talks about guys like Abel who offered a better sacrifice by faith. He talks about Enoch who by faith was commended as one who pleased God. He talks about Noah who by faith was warned about things that nobody had ever seen before uh, and so built an ark and saved himself and his family. He talked about Abraham. God called him to come and live in this land of promise. And so Abraham sort of obeyed and, and left his home and where he'd, where he'd known and where he'd grown up and lived in a tent in the place where God called him to. And it says <clears throat> that he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. That's what Abraham was looking forward to. That's what he was kind of building his dream on. That's what his faith um, was, was steering him towards. In verse 13, it says, All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. And this is the, the element of, of faith. And when the writer of Hebrews, who's encouraging us to continue to stir up that faith within us that looks forward to things that we, we are not yet living in the reality of. And he says, well, we might be living right now in a, in a reality where we've got pieces here and pieces there and, and things don't make a whole lot of sense and we can't see, we can't use this, this wonderful finished product that we were hoping for. He says, we continue to look forward with faith and with hope towards the reality of that. And we continue to work at allowing God to, to, to work with us at putting those pieces together because we believe that something good will come at the end. We believe that God is working something good in our life. In verse 12, he says, since we are surrounded, he, go, he goes on in chapter 11 and lists a whole bunch more people and then there's a whole bunch of people. He says, I don't even have time to mention this person and this person and this person. Uh, <laughs> I think you just did. Uh, <laughs> but he says, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, he says, all these people that have come before you, that, that continued, that, that died not having received it. They were looking forward, uh, you know, by faith to what was to come. He says, all these people are witnesses. He says, since, since we are surrounded by all these people who came before us as witnesses, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. How do we do this? by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We keep our eyes fixed on the goal, on the finish line, on where we're going, on what we're becoming, which is Jesus. We fix our eyes on Jesus and we say, God, I know that you are working in my life to help me become more like Jesus. And we continue to run and, and move towards that. And it's a little bit like, I don't know if you've ever had, I, I remember one time I had this 
flat pack thing and it wasn't overly complicated, thank goodness for that, but it had no instructions. Like nothing, no, like not a single slip of paper in that entire box. I don't know if that was intentional. I don't know if they thought this is so simple that even an idiot could put this together. We don't need to put any instructions in here for you. I don't know if it just got left out. But all I had to go on was the picture on the front of the box. And so all I could do was I get the pieces and I kind of put them into places that made what I had in front of me look more like the picture on the box. And sometimes I think in our life, we have the picture on the box, which is Jesus, and the way that He lived in, in perfect relationship with our Father, the way that He lived uh, with, with compassion and grace towards uh, other people in His life. And we go, you know, how do, how do I get this to look more like that? You know, and sometimes it's just one little piece at a time. Maybe if I just put this piece in place in my life, that will make me just look a little bit more like that picture. And then maybe I go, all right, now this piece, where does this piece go? All right, look at the picture. Where did this piece go in Jesus' life? Okay, let me try and put that into place here in my life. And more and more, more and more, one piece by one piece by one piece, by screw, by nut, by bolt, by panel, we begin to get more and more close to that image of Jesus. Point number four, sometimes we just need to let an expert help. <laughs> sometimes we just can't do it by ourselves. Sometimes we just need us have that moment of humility and, you know, and sometimes it's, you know, after we've spent a little bit of time just crying on the floor because, you know, we've made a mess, um, you know. But here's the thing. We have an amazing God. An amazing God who is an expert on your life. Who is the designer. The one who knows where every, you know, panel goes, where every screw goes, where, you know, every, every little, you know, bit, he knows where it goes. Sometimes, you know, at least sometimes, probably all the time, really, if we're being honest, um, there are things in our life that we go, we, we, we simply can, all we can do is sit back and say, God, I can't do this without you. I can't do this without you. Sometimes we feel a little bit like that, don't we? <laughs> it's like, sometimes that's, that's kind of how our life feels, you know. This morning, I want to encourage you to let God be your help. He wants to be present in every situation, you know, through, through the Holy Spirit, He wants to be your strength. He wants to be your, your wisdom. He wants to be your guide to putting all the pieces of your life together in a way that fits, a way that makes sense, a way that brings purpose, a way that enables you to do the things that He's planned and prepared for you to do to bring Him glory. Can we pray together? Father... We thank you that you are the great designer. 
we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for us to accomplish things that will help to grow your kingdom as you work in us and through us. And guys, we've been talking about this morning, sometimes there are, there are times in our life where we're very aware of our inability. We're, we're aware of our lack of capacity and, and we kind of feel like there's, there's not really a lot that we've got to offer. And Lord, for people in that situation this morning who are, who are here, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them, that you would help them to continue to, to have hope and to look forward with faith to what you're wanting to, to do in their life. To hang on to those, those, those dreams and those, those things that are in our heart. To bring them alive, to nurture them, to restore them, but to trust in your timing in our lives. Father, there are times too when um, some of us here this morning, there's things in our lives we feel like we've, we've just made a mess of. We've got things upside down and back to front and all over the place and it just doesn't work. And sometimes, God, there are things that we need to allow you to undo. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're here and you know, you've been wrestling with some of those things that God's wanting to, to undo, to take back. There's some things that maybe you need to unlearn about your relationship with God. And He's just he's wanting to challenge you on some of those things. I want to encourage you and, and pray for you this morning. God, I pray that you would help us to have that humility, Lord, to admit when we've got things wrong, but to allow you to change some of our ways of thinking change to, to, to undo some of the, the things and God we thank you that you are in that that business of doing that kind of thing in our life you can help us to, to take a step back sometimes in order that we can move forward in the right direction sometimes you need to bring us back you need to bring that that correction and that realignment into our lives and I pray that you would help us to to allow you uh, to do that in us, that we would give you permission sometimes to even and break things down, to take things out of our life that we need to let go of. And Father, we just thank you for we thank you for that picture of Jesus, the one who who ran the race, the one who set the uh, set the the standard for us of how to live. Who, become, who became our instruction manual. And Lord, as we, we look to how to fit the different pieces of our life together, Lord, we pray that you would uh, help us through your Spirit to have that wisdom to see those places. Lord, and that as we look to Jesus and seek to become like Him, that you would help us in that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at BethelCRC.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on